Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So with me today is Lauren Rains for Bluebell Adjacent for the patrons. And we've been trying to work this out. We see each other every Monday and then just trying to find a time is the fun part. But I, you have taught for me at Westlake for a year and a half. No, it must be like two years because you were pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and I knew your dance history of the connections from like kind of more of the competition world and studios that we had in common, hired you and- when I hired you, I had no idea that the gem I was getting because I knew you were a good teacher. And the really great thing is now being there every Monday and watching what happens in that room every Monday night. Lauren teaches mm-hmm. contemporary and I like people say it's all the feels, but there was a lot of contemporary we had that was a lot of feels, but there wasn't always this, the level push for technique. So when I come mm-hmm. in there and I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, there's a few people I could name like Tyler and uh, they're <laughs> totally. like tri- triple pirouette something and then like in the most beautiful liquid motion and then they're feeling the feels because they for me honestly I feel like there's been a divide either people feeling the feels mm. and no technique <laughs> not no yeah. little or yeah. a lot of technique and not connecting to the heart and so your gold for me as far as knowing for me to watch that is a pleasure but to see what's happening in that room the energy the passion the support mm. and and you bring it out and you were such a I want to say nurturing more than safe. Cause there's like, I like when someone said there's no such thing as safe spaces. There's brave spaces because oh, it, it's just like, it, it's not always safe to feel your feelings. It's not safe to go for like, yeah. a, like some technique stuff that you're still kind of getting comfortable with. So I love what happens. And even if the door is closed, I can feel mm-hmm. it. That's the time we maybe, cause we'll talk about Tyler in a minute here too. Yeah. When I walked in just to count to see how many people are in class and I stopped and I almost started crying. I'm like, what is there is magic happening in that room and watching everybody watch him and watching you watch him. Like it has to be fostered. It doesn't just happen because a teacher is a good teacher. So I first want to say that, like, I want to talk about that and we'll get into at the end of this, what you're doing now, because it just totally makes sense. And even your your, um, poster, whatever that you're saying behind you, I'm like, of course, that's where it's coming from a deeper place. So I think we had been talking for, I don't know, a year and a half. And I, I don't know if it's because I said I was going to Reno and you said, oh, I have friends in Reno. Oh, and I think it was like another conversation, Reno. Well, how do you have friends in Reno? Like, oh, be- and then oh, I mentioned people. We found out that you dance with people that I did, or you train with people and for people. So I'm really confused. So we're going to clarify this. <laughs> we're going to clarify. So, okay. Let's go to Reno first okay. and then we'll go back okay. of just what it was like for you growing up as a dancer. Sure. So I have two Reno stories. I have two Reno connections. Um, one is that when I was a dancer in LA, uh, about two years into my career, I booked a job um, in Reno and it was a show at Harris. And so I think that's what we were talking about in oh. Sammy's showroom. Yes. And it was bef- before the Greg Thompson show. So I am sort of connected. Um, and it was called Wonderland and it was with Larry Wilson, who was a magician. Um, and there were, I think, 10 of us dancers. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, and we were, we were there on a year contract. Um, 
it actually got cut short by, by three months, I think. And we all ended up going back to LA, but I, yeah, I I lived in Reno for a year randomly at the age of, I think I was 21. I turned 21 in Reno. (laughs) Oh, I did too. Happy birthday to both of us. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I was there 20 to 21 and had my 21st birthday in Reno. Awesome. (laughs) I know after the show, I think I won $500 on a slot machine. It was the only time I won. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah. And then totally unrelated after my career in LA and, um, after I got married, my husband got a job running a casino in Carson, (laughs) in Carson city. So we ended up moving back to the area and this time in Carson and, um, yeah, that's where I had my babies and I, um, really started my teaching career. Um, yeah. And taught there and lived there for, I think, uh, about nine years. So who and is it from the came show? To Seattle. <laughs> so who is it that we had people in common? Was it Kia? Uh, no, there's some people that were in Hello Hollywood, the show that I was in. Yeah. But I don't think we knew each other, but I see their names on the um, Hello Hollywood, Hello Blue uh, Facebook group and the Bluebell group. So yeah. I feel like I know so, them, but I, I know like, wait, how do we know these people? Yeah. So Gina Kasky Davis um, was in the show and I, I was very involved with her studio. That was kind of of my home studio. Uh, I raised a lot of dancers there. Um, so her and I have a very special connection. And then, um, yeah, I think Kia Crater, who I taught for a handful of times. Yeah. She was in the show. Um, I don't know some of the other people in that area. I know they were showgirls, but I don't know if they were in that particular show, but I taught all around at all of those studios. So, but I think it was Gina because I was listening to another one of your interviews. Maybe it was, um, Leslie Larch or oh or, yeah 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 she's one. from Carson. I don't know which yeah one. Liz yeah, Larkin both they, from Carson City I think they trained with Gina because Gina took over Pinkerton and yeah so I think <laughs> I hope I'm getting okay, well, all I my history right they they're about the, like, about the same age I think but maybe they oh trained together not trained under maybe I don't know we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get maybe. them on here to clarify yeah <laughs> but it's yeah, interesting when Gina on here I I think I've reached out I'm gonna try again because yeah. when I went back for the Hello Hollywood Hello reunion four years ago, it was just weird to be back in Reno too. Like, cause how much yeah. has changed? Like I used to live there, like, but it was, yeah. um, it was interesting to hear how many of the Brits, the girls that came over. Cause I love this story. A lot of them came to Reno for the show. One girl thought it was Rio and got off the plane and went, what? This <laughs> <laughs> is like cowboy town. That's like, going hilarious. To so they were like, you're just going to Reno. And people are like, what is it? They go, well, it's kind of like Vegas. And then they find out like, it's nothing like Vegas. But a lot of them I've heard like were complaining, like how much they hated it there. And then they ended up marrying American men and living yes. there. And then so many started uh, schools. And because a lot of these girls were like, like Royal Academy trained, they were bringing this really high level to, to Reno and there was many of them. So now there's all these young dancers that are getting a caliber of dance that maybe they wouldn't, not to give them all the credit for good dance in Reno, totally. but it changed. It, uh, they acknowledged they had a um, hello, Hollywood, hello day that they deemed the mayor yeah. about how many people, how many shows, how many people came through, what it did for the economy, what it did for the arts because yeah. there's a recording studio from a couple that were in the show. There was just so many people that stayed and invested instead of just retired. They, yeah. they kept growing this. And so I was surprised of how many that are there still and still teaching, you know, they're my age and they're running studios, yeah, they and, are. which is really exciting. Cause I, when I got to Reno, some of the best classes I ever had taken in my life 
were cast members that were there from England, Australia, South Africa, and everybody had the, the performance that there was great teachers and there were people like doing extra things. Like you want to be in a fashion show. You want to be in this yeah. show. People were always creating. And so if it, like there was people that were from our show that were doing Nutcracker for the ballet company. So that, yes. that also, it's just amazing how this little town, you know, is way it's, more of an art center than I ever acknowledged. Yeah. I think that shocked me too. Cause I was, I was a bit heartbroken when I got there, even though I had been there before and I'd been in Reno, I had, I had never spent time in Carson. So I didn't know anything about Carson city. And, uh, I was blown away by the arts community there and really just like sort of fell in love with it and fell in love with the dancers there. They were, you know, and again, speaking to all those studio owners that were really well-trained and, um, and showgirls and, um, yeah, they really, I think there was a very passionate group of dancers there that I meshed well with. And I think that's why we were able to stay as long as we did. You know, we found this, um, I found like a common ground there with those dancers. So. Oh, cause that's one thing when people like when they move from Seattle, like I'm going to move here, where's a studio like Westlake. And there's, there's not, there's that many. not. <laughs> and so you tell them like, like, but then when they find one, I'm like, okay, that's good to know because it's hard yeah. when you grow up as a dancer and at 18, you do your solo, you graduate and like, bye-bye. And either you're totally. going to be a professional or go to college for it, but there's not much fostering of like, keep going. You know, this is where you're just getting good. And so yeah. can you find and it's that? so true. Like, you know, I don't want to dance with little kids. I want to dance with adults. And yeah. I want to dance with adults that no, no offense to beginner moms. That's a great thing. But yeah. when you dance professional, it's, it's like, really, this is where am I going to feed myself? Totally. And I think, um, I don't think the area necessarily had that. And I was always sort of longing for that. Cause I came from the edge and training yeah. was like my life. And, um, even just moving back to Seattle and like coming to Westlake, I feel my passion was, um, brought back in a lot of ways. Cause I was like, Oh my God, these are a- adults and, and professional dancers that want to take class. This is so inspiring. It's, it's different than working with, um, younger students. So, yeah. And it's hard yeah. for your teacher to go in there and have your own space. If you're like, have teenagers watching you instead of having your, yeah. own, your own peers. Yes. Yes. So where did you grow up and, and what, how soon did you start dancing and why is always fascinating to me? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. So close, close to Seattle. I didn't even know I, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm from Portland and, um, I, you know, my mom put me in dance class, I think when I was five and, um, I was constantly performing, performing around the house. I just had a big imagination, a big personality. I love to be funny. And, um, yeah. So, and I just fell in love with dance class. I, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved performing mostly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, um, I kind of grew up in the competition world and, um, I was very heavily ballet trained. Uh, my ballet teacher was actually from PNB, um, and she had a ballet school, um, and we did the Nutcracker every year. So I grew up doing that and doing points um, and then also competing and going to conventions and um, going to New York in the summers to train at Broadway Dance Center and yeah. Steps and um, and then also going to L.A. in the summers and training at Edge. So I had I mean, I was really lucky, I think, in a lot of ways in terms of my training. And um, yeah. And then eventually 
got talked into auditioning for Edge Scholarship, and then that that's where it all began. <laughs> so when you're growing up doing like giving your heart and time to dance, was it like this is just something I'm gonna do for a while and then I graduate and I have to do a, a real adult job? Or was it in your eyesight that you might pursue this more? Cause there's not much encouragement. I feel like for a lot of people. And so when I hear like one teacher saw something in them or one, or mm-hmm. some, I'm just like, no matter what anyone says, I'm doing it because I'm always amazed the people that leave their hometown and find a different way than what was expected or presented because some of us it's happenstance or some like, I will, I will seek this out, even though it makes no sense in the economy of my town or my family or my friends and they're all doing something different it's kind of a weird road for a dancer it's not typical did you even start to apply for colleges or was that even on your radar I didn't I I it's so weird I look back and I think what was I thinking (laughs) I had no (laughs) backup plan you know and I was a really good student too you know I was I was very smart and I had straight A's and I probably could have gone to a great college and um I, I didn't have plans of being a professional dancer until that first summer I went to LA and I, and I saw these dancers in class at the edge. And I was, I was, you know, and people were like, Oh, that's so-and-so. And they were in this music video where they're touring with this person. And it just dawned on me that I could do, I could do this. I could, you know, do this as a career. And, um, I, I held onto that tightly. It wasn't something I talked about a lot. It was something I, I think I deeply wanted, but, um, but like you were saying, you know, was there a teacher and um, my senior year I had switched studios um, and yeah, I had a teacher named Michelle McKinney who's produced tons from I Dance know her. Vision. Yeah. 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 And she's obviously trained a, a lot of amazing dancers. Um, but she really was the one who pushed me to go to LA and, um, and kind of, you know, didn't give me this other path or choice. She was just like, you should do this. You need to go do edge scholarship. And, um, I really held on to that. And I really trained hard my senior year for that. And like I said, I had no backup plan. So it's like, I don't know what I would have done had I not gotten it. And, and um, yeah, in a lot of ways, maybe that's why I got it. Like I was so determined um, and there was no backup. Because there's no backup. It's like, it's all or nothing. Where yeah. sometimes you have the backup plan. You're, you're kind of got your foot in both. Cause I did, I mean, I was a frustration to every guidance counselor when they bring you in to see what you wanted to yes. do and if you say you want to be a dancer the what I heard they said every time was like no you have to pick a real job yeah and so there's there they didn't know what to do with you and like we have my parents you have to like maybe go to school and be a secretary just so you have a backup like <laughs> dance is a short career like if I want to be a secretary yeah. you know what I can take some courses when I get back or whatever but if I don't it's almost like if you don't if you think there's no other choice you're you're gonna you're going to push a little harder. I think for some people, it's really smart to have one because there's people that have that and their dance career ends. And now they like, Oh yeah, my accounting degree or my whatever, but you know, things change so much. Whatever was your thing 10 years ago is probably not even a thing anyway. Anyway, that's my philosophy. And I have guided some some of my students and way their parents are probably not happy with me when I say, just (laughs) go like, no, they have to get a degree. I'm like, no, that's four years. You could be dancing, but yeah, yeah, a lot of parents would avoid me because they don't want me encouraging their daughters (laughs) to go audition for shows. (laughs) I think I've done that a lot too. And, um, yeah. And, and too, I love school and I did end up going back to school. And I think in the back of my mind, I always knew I could go back to it. And, and I just, 
I always say this to my clients. I really just always followed my heart. I didn't always think things through, which later caught up with me (laughs) at at some, at some points, you know, it would catch up with me, but I just, I just felt something and I went for it. Um, yeah. So what years were you in LA? So I was in LA, um, 2001 to, I think I moved to Reno in 2009. Or I moved, sorry, I moved to uh, Carson in 2009. And then okay. my stint in Reno was like 2004, 2005. So. Like in between. Who mm-hmm. was teaching then? Because I feel like we've had people like a constant stream up until the last few years of, of our dancers are graduate and the whole mission was to go to LA, especially like performing group for the yeah. contemporary jazz. And then there was the hip hoppers that they would just leave in droves. And it hasn't been so much lately. But there was a certain mm-hmm. amount of teachers that I knew because of them and or that we'd have them come up as guests for master classes. So I don't I'm not as connected now as I used to be. But that yeah. time was when a lot of our dancers were down there and there was a lot of teachers. Oh, like yeah. Influential. Who were the ones yeah. that really stick stuck out stuck out to you? Um, well, Doug Caldwell was. <gasps> oh, Oh, he was my person. I know I could cry and, and, and I want to bring up his name again too, because he really was another reason that I was so drawn to having a career as a dancer, because I think he also taught, you know, that dance was therapy and yeah. I obviously have held on to that. And that's so much a part of my philosophy now. Um, and I think just knowing that, like knowing that this, this thing I'm doing is healing me at the same time that I, I can have it as a career. This is so cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he was a huge, huge influence. Um, and, uh, Mandy Moore was, was very big at the time and Adam yeah. Parson, Malaya, oh. Terry Best, Denise Leitner, oh. all of those people were just, I mean, those were my teachers and edge was my home in so many ways. And, um, Yeah. How did that push I was, you? Because I know this scholarship, there's a, a certain amount of classes you have to take. I'm not sure what other, don't you have to work the desk or you do work study? Like, what was that yeah, like to be on scholarship? Like, what, did you have anything outside of that? Or was that your whole everything? It was my everything. I was also a barista oh. <laughs> um, just to make like extra money. Um, but I only could do that one day a week. And um, yeah, I mean, scholarship, I, it's a lot like boot camp. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Um, I think it really shaped who I am and like, and gave me strength, like knowing like I can do anything. If I can um, do four classes a day, work my shift at the desk and rehearse at night and get up and do it all over again, five days a week. um, I can do anything I can, you know, I can deal with the rejection in the industry. And that's really what they were training you to do. And I look back and I'm like, wow, a lot of that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, Maybe and not how your hard. teaching philosophy would be now. Yeah, not at all. And, and, um, you know, but, but again, I, I do think it gave me the backbone I needed to be in the industry and, um, and connected me with a lot of important people. And, um, those teachers were there, they were incredible. And I've got, I've gotten to connect with some of them later on in life. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, it, that time in my life was so special because they really did. They, they shaped me in so many ways. Um, and I, and I feel like being a teacher now I'm able to recognize, you know, the gratitude I have for them and what they were doing. And maybe even thinking these people are making a ton of money. They're famous. They were like celebrities to me, but they weren't, they were struggling artists 
you know, and some of them moms. And I think now that I'm, I'm in that position and sometimes you're just like, wow, you know, feeling. Yeah, yeah. People look up to you that same way. Yeah. Nice. And, and I'm like, you know, it, it's funny looking back at that and, and being able to say to them now, I appreciate you and everything you sacrificed for me, you know, as one of your students. So, yeah. Mandy Moore comes up to Seattle. She used to come like every year. I think it's been a little, well, I'll be with COVID, but I don't know if you've been yeah. here when she's been here, but next time she's no. up there, we'll make sure that you know and get, go say hello. I would so love what that. were you expected to take? Like how much, like, were you required to take hip hop? Were you required to take ballet? Or was it kind of tailored more to what your, your genre was going towards? Or were you just like, take these things, no matter if it's not, it's what you're good at. Yeah, you were, they, they kind of catered your schedule towards the things you needed to work on. So I had a lot of hip hop because I didn't have a lot of hip hop training um, in my upbringing. Uh-huh. I was much more of a technical dancer. So I didn't get any of those classes I loved, um, like Malaya's lyrical class, oh, um, no. or class, you know, like, because that's was, that was my strength. And so they, right. they, they kind of push you in the other direction. Um, but yeah, you have to take everything. You take everything. Um, you take ballet every day, no matter what, um, which is amazing. Yeah. And um, and then they bring in extra special teachers. Like we did gymnastics and voice and acting and, um, improv, oh my <laughs> all gosh. of the things. Yeah. So it really improv was acting, incredible improv program. dance, Im- improv acting. Well, and, and improv dance both. <laughs> okay. You know, what's so weird yeah. is I think of, um, maybe 10 years ago I was teaching kind of like authentic, authentic. Yeah. I think it was like, I hadn't seen it in class. Like improv is now, now it's expected. Like you have to improv yeah. across the floor. Here's eight counts of eight counts of eight. And now improv for eight more where yeah. when we first started doing that, people were like, what? And they just would, they didn't know what to do. And now it's just mm. such a thing because I think it's incorporated in class. But like, if you'd yeah. come to Westlake a few years ago and did that, people would be like, oh my gosh, she's super scary. She's making me do my <laughs> own thing. But if you don't like totally. that, acting improv is interesting, but it, it is to see like how much dance changes and how many people in class were so freaked out to have to improvise. Yeah. So like, here's some skills, write your name with your hand, write it with your butt. And it looks like yeah. you're improvising, but it was yeah. such a, a, a thing that now like it's in every class. I mean, ballet maybe, yeah. but not so much, but yeah. I like in, in contemporary, even in hip hop, it's like, before the music starts, you have to just stand there. No, you yeah. have to move for four. And I think I'm going to ask you about auditions and all that too. Like that is a skill that's going to get you that job or not. In many cases, yes. what, what do you do? You're not have the exact choreography given to you. A thousand percent. And I think when I, you know, the edge really taught me that. And there was improv in every class there um, for the most part. And when I, when I brought that into my teaching into Carson, I just remember all the kids looking at me like, you know, they, they didn't know that they didn't do that. That wasn't a part of their training. And so I think I really, yeah, brought that to at least to that area where I was teaching. Um, yeah, but it is, it's important in your auditioning. (laughs) It is. And I've, I've sat on, on, I've been on the one side auditioning and I've sat on the other side of the table, watching like why people get hired or not and listening to people say, I'm like, Ooh, this is a vantage point that now I can take back as a teacher and go, here's some yeah. things that we can be ready for next time and why and what they're yeah. looking for, what they're writing on their notes. And yeah, did you guys absolutely. have like audition prep? Like, did they yeah. get you ready? Like how to do a resume and all that kind of like business? Yeah, they did. Yeah. We got headshots through them and they helped us with our resumes. Um, and we, a lot of audition classes. Um, yeah, I, I felt very prepared leaving that program to audition. I mean, I was, I was ready for it at that point. Yeah. So yeah, they were There's, incredible in that way. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question now and then I'm going to ask my, my another one after because it's, I'm going to see okay. what you say to this. So Lauren, what is a bluebell? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're oh adjacent, gosh, adjacent to a bluebell, like, wait, what am I adjacent to? Because I will throw that word around. People know I have a podcast and then, then people will like, wait, Megan Adams thought I was saying blue balls forever. I'm like, <laughs> why <laughs> would I ever do that? And people something, and maybe have a garden show, you know, that some, but they have no idea. And that name, I was hired by this person, but didn't know her history. And then it wasn't until years later that a lot of us are understanding more of why we were called that. But yeah. you can guess and be totally wrong. And no one will be offended because honestly, like most of us in the business were like, what? Well, I, I, uh, to be completely honest, I have no clue, but I, when you say it, I, in my mind, I think like the original dancer, <laughs> like the originals, that, that, that's what comes up for me. And, um, and I've heard that I've heard that in my time in Reno that came up a lot. Yeah, people and, know, and like, I never hear, knew like, what anyone was talking about. I didn't know, right. you know, <laughs> I, it took me so long to figure out what hello, Hollywood, hello was. And everyone talked about it all the time. And it was such an important part of the history of, you know, that community. And I was here, I was in it and I was in this show and, you know, we would do radio interviews and I'd be like, well, I don't even know what that show was. I felt embarrassed <laughs> for that. But anyway, so, yeah, yeah, so I, the originals, that's what I would say. Bluebell is the original. So what is it? <laughs> so uh, Margaret Kelly started at the Follies Bergere. I want to, I'm going to get my dates wrong. I think either 1946 was when she did that, or that was when she moved to the Lido in Paris. But okay. she started, had this troupe, she was part of a troupe of dancers and I'm going to get my history wrong. And if Elizabeth's listening, she knows, and I've been reading and I've been learning and I, for, some of it falls out the back of my brain. But in 1946, I think is when she was hired to bring these dancers to the Lido. And she also had dancers in the Moulin Rouge. And they were, it was kind of, it was like some ballet based, but you look at the technique, it's definitely changed. Yeah. But then she started being, bringing these dancers in. And so you learn like these really tall, long-legged dancers with ballet training show off the costumes they move different than a shorter person you've got these huge stages so you have to have height and all yeah. that. So they, then they got to be known as very classy um well-trained beautiful but like some of the older girls they talk about miss bluebell would say oh, oh the reason she's called bluebell sorry Margaret yeah, Kelly. yeah I was wondering. <laughs> that's why yeah. the jump doesn't work she her when she was little the doctor said her eyes were the color of bluebells because they were very very blue like almost like maybe almost wow. closer to pink periwinkle and so she, they he just called her bluebell and it just stuck. And so the bluebell girls are the people and I'm a bluebell and I actually hired got a, a what audition with Miss Bluebell and Don Arden who's also the, the the whole creative mind behind Hello Hollywood Hello. He was a producer, wow. genius, horrible person to most people. Tell him you're fat, you're ugly, get off my stage. So you would hear those stories. Yeah. She yeah. kind of tempered him in one way, but they were this dynamic duo that she would bring the dancers in and set this the tone of what the class classiness and the look and there was a bluebell look too like you have to have long legs long body you'd be able to kick wow. your face and then you know if your face is hair is pulled back you can't rely on that you have to have like a certain face to wear these headdresses so she just had a, a knowing of that and she would travel the world and look for these dancers and it was known as miss bluebell has the most beautiful girls in the world because wow. they i auditioned and there was 300 and i i thought more of us but i found only three of us out of 300 were picked to go to hello hollywood flow out of that audition what? And then she, wow. if, they don't, if they don't find them, they will do another audition and they will go around the world till they find. And then, and then Don Arden can say, I don't like him and fire him. 
which could happen once a show, <laughs> but, oh, but she gosh. was wonderful and gracious. And I have a personal story that showed another one about what my audition and almost turning the job down and just super gracious, wonderful woman, people that have wonderful stories, like them being stranded. Miss Bluebell took care of her girls. Wow. And another story that's been confirmed is when they came to Vegas in the in 1958 with the very first Bluebell show in Vegas, the first Parisian cabaret. The girls in the, on the strip earlier were expected to fraternize with the customers and go out and entertain and, mm-hmm. and told her that she goes, my girls will not do that. And she threatened to take uh. them all and send them all back to England. And so they called her, they didn't call, they just said, okay. And so she had no way to get them back, no financial way, but she said they won't do that. And so they didn't do it. And then all these other dancers on the strip, they said the bluebells won't do it. We don't have to do it either. So it kind of oh, revolutionized because also the mafia was pretty that. big back then. So Miss Bluebell looked yes. out for her girls. You had to be classy. They would put them in taxis to get them home safely. Oh, you were required to dress that. up and represent class. So that's what a Bluebell dancer. And then the confusion is in the show I was in, Bluebells were covered. Tall nudes were topless. And even nude, that makes people think we were just out there totally naked. Totally. <laughs> like, no, adorned, yeah. but, but topless. And then they had short nudes, tall nudes. Hello, Hollywood. Hello was the only show that had what they called ponies, which were the short nudes. But that was short, okay. meaning five seven, not like five. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, like, wow. So yeah, like oh, you're short. Like not in the real the real world. So the wow. Miss Bluebell name is like even at the Lido now they have the Bluebells, which are covered, the Sublimes, which are the five principal dancers, which are topless, and then the nudes. I oh, used to have something called gosh. the Bell. So I've I've learned so much from doing this. Yeah, because there's people that worked with her and they know the history but it's interesting to be in reno and you kind of hear the word and going oh i wonder what that is <laughs> i know i feel it now i now i feel like i could i wish i could go back and have a that's my attitude i wish it. i could go back i wish i could appreciate miss bluebell different like just my audition totally. experience with her i wish i could yeah. just have known the greatness because her story about about the war like the nazi occupation oh. of of paris of them not performing for the nazis being interned she um, hid her husband who was Jewish during wow. the war. So all these things I'm learning now, I have this great admiration. So that's the, the why behind the podcast is because the history yeah. of the originals and all of us that were part of it and continue, but it's a tribute to her. Cause I just feel this huge respect for what she did for women. Uh, the sixth Elizabeth. I love that. She's touring Italy as a young woman in the sixties, you know, like Miss Bluebell gave these opportunities to travel and have your own money. And not wow. have to marry to uh, so there is uh, a lot of a lot of things of history that we all get a little perk, but yeah. Um, anyway, that was amazing. a a long lesson on a on a interview that's supposed to be about you. Yeah, well, it's okay. I needed the <laughs> lesson, so I appreciate it. <laughs> no, when we, I just thought, Blue Bell and Jason, because I'm actually going to make a video at the studio and just ask people like, "What's my podcast about?" and just to hear, <laughs> and it could be ridiculous. So after back to you. So yeah. when you were done with scholarship. Were you, okay, I'm going to stay in LA and pursue this because it's, you know, if you're not going for MTV for hip hop, because I don't even know if that was really 2000, that was kind of at the end of that, wasn't it? Wasn't really the thing to do. It it was, yeah, it was like turning into um, like sexy hip hop, (laughs) like heels, (laughs) heels dancing. And um, yeah, I, no, I did. I stayed to work professionally. I think in a lot of ways, looking back now, I was. I, I I wish I would have tried New York or I wish I would have, you know, like I was a tall girl. I, I was, yeah. you know, I was five, eight and often too tall for jobs. Um, 
And yeah, I, I did work in LA, um, but I wasn't a hip hop dancer. So I worked a lot, um, as like the ballerina part or, or doing jazz, um, a lot of jazz and, was it company um, companies or performances or it's a different did, avenue for that. It's I did a, music videos, television. Okay. Um, yeah. And I did a lot, like a lot of industrials. So um, yeah. Uh, commercials. Um, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of stage work, like, like choreographer showcases and like I would guest in um, yeah. Companies, but I never was in a company for like a long, a long period of time. I loved, you know, I really kind of gigged it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, the Reno job was the longest, but like the longest period of time where I sat down in a show. Um, so yeah. So did you um, sustain yourself with that, or do you have to, the barista job to help fill in the gaps? I, it's a really hard way to make a living when it's you know job to job to job, gig to gig. Yeah, I think um, I always had a, sort of a second job. Like I'd, I'd be working at Nordstrom while I was auditioning. Um, once I got the Reno job that allowed me to save a lot of money because they were also, they put us up in housing and it was a great, very well-paid job. Um, and so I was able to like move back to LA with a little bit of a nest egg. And, um, from there, um, I really was able to support myself dancing mostly. Um, I think I had a little bit of time where I did waitressing like a six month period of time. Um, but I also did, um, a lot of extra work in acting. Like I was trying to get my SAG card, which I did eventually get. And, um, yeah, so that, that sort of sustained me too. So when you took the job in Reno, cause I know for some people, when you're trying to make your way in LA to leave is really scary oh. because life may keep all these jobs may come by and you weren't there. Cause I know in New York too, they don't want to really audition for cruise ships and other jobs there because people don't want to leave. They don't want to sublet their apartment. They don't want to yeah. risk. So was that what made you decide to do that? I'm really curious what the show was like too. Yeah. I, um, I think at the time, because I was hustling and just trying to get started and like doing a music video here and there, but getting paid peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I really was looking for something that was more stable. And although I didn't want to leave LA, it was very appealing to me to have my housing paid for. And, yeah. um, And to go back even further, my parents, my dad actually went um, to UNR in Reno and had quite a history in Reno. And my parents met in Lake Tahoe. So I have this weird family tie to the area. And so when it, when my agent called me and was like, you know, there's this job in Reno. I don't know if you even want to audition. I was like, Reno, that's so funny. I think I will audition. I like, why not? You know? And, um, yeah. And then end up booking the job and, um, and I was glad to leave at that time. I was a little, little burnt out of the LA scene, but it, it was very hard. I think it wasn't hard to leave. It was hard to come back <laughs> and reestablish yourself. Oh, yeah. 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 Was yeah, it a, a what kind of show was it? Or was it like, cause it was in a casino. Was it kind of like the floor show cabaret ish kind of thing? It wasn't show girly. It was, it was a hard dance show. It was like 10 really hard dance numbers. Um, Siri, who I know, you know, <gasps> yes, was in I the love... show with me. <laughs> what? Okay. Cause yeah. she's my connection to Steve edge. Okay. That's so funny. She was the dance captain in the show and she assisted JT Hornstein, uh, <gasps> was the choreographer. Is he the choreographer. Oh, I love yeah. his stuff. He did yeah, one of my and... favorite SOT pieces ever. And it was to Sammy Davis Jr. It was um, Rhythm of Life. And it's one of my favorite as far as staging and style. And 
Oh, I would be so jealous that to, to, that would be a a dream show to get to do that. Was it kind of, was there a theme to it? Yeah, it was Alice in Wonderland and it was all like the, uh, the music from, it was like, uh, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to do it justice. Um, like the seventies, the big music of the seventies. I don't know. You probably know better than, than me. You would know every song. Um, it was, it was an incredible show. I will say it was the hardest show I've ever done. Um, just totally exhausting and full out technique, triple pirouettes. And, um, I was an understudy. There was a point solo I was an understudy for. And, um, yeah, it, it was it was as close to LA dancing as you could get, and and they wanted to bring that to Reno. They were yeah. trying to bring that, bring something new. I think, um, unfortunately, you know, when Harris cut the show, like I think it was a it was a budget thing because it was expensive to have us there. Yeah. you know, so it didn't it didn't <sighs> survive, but it was an yeah. incredible show. Yeah. Wow. If you have photos yeah. of that or video, I would love to share. That I do. When I post. I think that's yeah, like, oh, that's a part, a big part. Cause there is like, there's outside of LA and then that experience mm-hmm. probably helps when you come back. Yeah. I, I'm curious too, because, uh, hello, Hollywood. Hello ended 90. Wait, I was in 70. I think it's 89. It went 11 years. Yeah. So 89. So it'd been long gone. So when you yeah. heard of it, what did you know of that show? Because I talked to people now, like they said, no, people in Reno have no idea what it is. And it had a history for so long, but then now it's like, it's just a, a blip. So what I just, did you, I, my parents would talk about it. My parents, because I think they were there at that time. Um, they were both teachers up at the lake in Lake Tahoe. And, um, yeah, they, they would tell me about this amazing show that had been at the, um, MGM and that it was like one of the biggest stages or one of the biggest productions. And the so biggest. I just knew, <laughs> yeah. And I, the and biggest. I, and that there was an airplane. They always talked about the airplane on the stage. I came out on a wing, one of the oh, wings of that. That's so funny. Your parents. That is that's, so cool. Isn't this a circles or just so overlap? full circle. It's so yeah. full circle. I, yeah. Yeah. And so I just knew it was a very, um, yeah, famous show. But I mean, I, I feel like I learned all that while I was there. Cause like I said, when people first started talking about it, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway. So did you were you with your husband when the first time when you did the Harris show? So we were dating, we had just met. And so okay. we were kind of dating. Um, and he actually during the summer, cause he was in college, um, during the summer came and took an internship in Reno at one of the casinos, which later led to his connection with those people that owned the casinos. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind oh. of a long story, but, you guys have but I often drawn to. Yeah. To that area. It was, oh. it was, yeah, it was kind of inevitable, but yeah, we were just dating and, um, and somehow maintained this long distance relationship during all those years. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I remember thinking I was done after I'd gone back to sparks outside of Reno for a show I'd done in Bermuda. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, no, just do this one more and we'll find a replacement. And then I said I was done. And then I met my husband and the cruise ship, Gina and Ryan, who I had danced for was in town. She said, would you run the audition for me? I'm in town. And my husband didn't really know that much of what that was. It was kind of weird if you live in Washington, like what, what is it you did? So then she said, would you want to go out and do a show in Orlando? It's a dinner theater. I'm like, no, I met someone. She goes, pay you more. You'll be company manager. I'm like, no. And then I told my, we were just dating at the time. He goes, I need you to go. So you don't resent me for not taking it. 
And so he encouraged me. It was kind of, it was only a three month gig. It was like a year. And so he actually came down and it was so fun for him to know that part of my life. Cause he'd come see the show. He had never been around gay guys before. He was kind of a construction (laughs) worker and they took him out shopping for my Christmas present (laughs) at the mall and they bought lingerie and they were, they were over the top, like that everywhere in the mall, everybody knew them. And so when he came back and said, I really like your friends. (laughs) <laughs> I went, you're a keeper because I know like, you know, sometimes yeah. people are like, yeah, I don't want to know about that part of, of your life. And I'm like, these are my people. This comes these with These are me. my people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To like trust similar. it, go do what you love to do because yeah. a lot of men would be really threatened by that. Like, yeah. Go and live with. What- it's funny because like, I feel like, yeah, all of my gay best friends, like it's like they fulfilled that they were my my best friend sort of in person and my person that I'd go to dinner with and go shopping with and all the things. And, um, yeah. And when my husband was able to embrace that and embrace that part of my life, I was like, Oh, he's such a keeper. You yeah. Know? That's like a, yeah. <laughs> oh, and you don't have to try to explain your life when they're actually watching. So was that like, I'm done dancing because I, we're going to have a family or was it just run its course? Yeah, I, so when I went back to LA, I worked for, um, like another three or four years. Um, and I actually, well, the Reno, the Reno job allowed me to start to go back to school. So I was able to take class, um, while I was doing that show and it kind of, it, I I was curious. I, I loved school and I loved psychology. Um, And so I started kind of going back more frequently and I was doing that at the same time. And I actually, um, I forget, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I actually got hit by a car and that walking across the street in LA while I, yeah, while I was still dancing. And, um, that, that was really the end for me. I, um, yeah, I, 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 had injuries and it was, it was that, but it was also just like the debt, the (laughs) the medical debt, the trauma. (sighs) It was so hard, um, to pull myself out of that kind of hole. Um, yeah, yeah, very, it was a very, very hard time in my life. Um, at the same time that I got engaged, you know, that was when my husband and I got engaged was after my accident. Um, and he really took care of me during that time. Um, so yeah. And then, and then it was like this, do I, I, and I did go back a little bit. I did a few jobs and I just wasn't in my body in the same way. It just didn't fit. It felt foreign to me. It was very weird. Um, and, and I was sad. I was depressed. Um, I wasn't able to dance the way, um, you know, I used to. And, um, yeah. And so anyway, we got married <laughs> and then he, when he got the job offer, cause you know, we were deciding, are we going to live in LA? Are we going to go back to Portland where our family is? But then he got the job offer in Carson <laughs> and, and I was like, why not? <laughs> yeah. let's, go, let's go for it. It's been all about me. You know, he moved to LA for me and it was all about kind of my career then. And so I was like, oh, well, let's go do you and I'll figure it out. And that's really where my teaching career began. Um, how did your yeah. body do with that? Cause you're, you know, it's hard to trust your body again. There's so much heartache. And I know like it comes up a lot with people I interview because some of them like, we just chose to be done because, but some of it because of injury and you had no choice mm-hmm. 
or you aged out in an awful way that said is like, you just can't keep up with the show. And it's, there's a grieving yeah. that feels like there's no room for, because you can't do it along alongside those who are still active in their career. When you come back home, nobody gets it. It just yes. feels like a very lonely uh, experience. And that's what I think people, when they're hearing each other, like, oh, I might still be grieving it. Like I have a friend I've interviewed yeah. who's been done 30 years. She goes, no, I'm still grieving this. I, yeah. This was everything I invested. It was my, my passion. And when it was just like that, it's over and there's mm-hmm. no container for it. I mean, now therapy is more, uh, it's more known and accepted, but I think yeah. a lot of it's just like, okay, maybe it didn't really matter. And I just, you know, yeah. put it aside. And I think when people are honest of how hard that is, because you're not just dancing because it's a career choice. Yeah. You're dancing it because it's it feeds your soul. It's your identity. Yeah. There's so much of how it just go. Thump. So I'm just, yeah. I'm glad you said I'm acknowledging. And it also makes me think of watching you teach even more mm. amazing. So yeah. shifting roles to more of a teacher because some people like, well, I can't teach. I'm going to be it. Or I can't dance. So now I'm going to teach. And they, they have an attitude like it's second best. Mm. Yeah. I don't know I don't- how you approach that. That was, yeah, that was never me. I think, um, I think teaching healed me. I, I, I do like it healed me. And I also feel like it was exactly where I belonged in so many ways. And, um, you know, it brought me into the coaching world and into doing what I do now. And, um, I look back at that time and I was grieving, I was grieving and I, I think teaching was my outlet for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I look back at these pieces that I was studying and I was like, oh man, I was in a dark place, <laughs> you know? Um, but it was, it was an outlet. It was a way for me to express what I was going through. And then it also just gave me so much meaning in my life. Like I loved those kids. I love, you know, nurturing. I'm a two on the Enneagram. Like I just want to, I, I felt more, um, at home teaching than I ever did even performing and working, which I didn't realize until I entered that world that I I wasn't necessarily totally at home as the performer. It it almost felt, I loved performing, but there was something missing for me. And I think teaching was like the thing that was missing. It was that, that giving back or that like nurturing part of me that, um, I needed a space for. And so it's really, I think I'm able to look at my accident now. It's like, it was a gift. It led me to where I ultimately was meant to be. So I'm just thinking again of watching you teach of how much joy you seem to get from watching them oh, and with I the way I, hear, I, can hear, I can hear you scream for them when I'm in the <laughs> office when you hear like man somebody did something really good because I heard Laura like what and the yeah. support yeah it's just interesting to now put that in a different context yeah um, and, and, yeah. It, and your own heartache actually is something that it's it was been some people are bitter about those it feels like yours has been transformed into something that's yeah. healing you and the class at the same time, because you can feel the yeah. difference when someone is mm. still has that bitterness or whatever. And there's, you know, we're all going to go through that differently, but yeah. watching how you are fully present in people's growth, you know, yeah. cause there's teachers that, you know, I'm going to train them, but I'm still jealous that they're doing what I don't get to do or, uh, yeah. and you're still dancing full out. Like that's another thing too, is kind of miraculous of your, how your body healed that you are dancing full out. Yeah. And I wasn't always dancing full out. It's interesting how I feel like it, it, and then you have baby, you know, I had babies in between all that. And then that was like this weird out of body experience. Like this isn't my body. (laughs) How do I come back to it? And 
um, yeah, again, like I think teaching just sort of like it built me back up my strength back up in a different way. It made me a smarter dancer. And, um, mm. yeah, I, I often wish I could go back now. I'm like, Oh, I wish I could audition now. <laughs> so yeah. much, I'm so much more present, you know, I'm so much yeah. more aware of myself than I was back then. Yeah. Yeah. Probably dancing more for you than what you're supposed yeah. to do for so when yeah. I know that you're a coach, is that mm. some of the stuff that you're going to college for? Was that a separate program? And what was your decision on like, this is what I'm going to pursue? Yeah, I, um, I, I always loved psychology. I was very um, drawn to like why people behave the way they do. And um, so, yeah, my degree was in that. Um, and I never really knew exactly what I was going to do with it. I, part of me wanted to be a therapist. Part of me felt like that was hard. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know if I could do that. Um, and as I was getting my degree, I was also teaching the whole time. And I just saw in my students, this need for, um, the inner work and then this need for them to be able to like, you know, explore who they are and practice self-acceptance and compassion and self-compassion and all these things that really led me to coaching. Cause I was like, I want, um, cause I, I had my degree, but again, I wasn't, you know, I was also having my second daughter and, um, doing the juggle of teaching and, yeah. you know, I just graduated and just had my second, um, child. So I, you know, was like, I don't know exactly what all this means yet, but kind of, um, was motivated by my students and just seeing like, Oh, the thing that holds them back it's not their physical training. Like that's there. The thing that's holding them back is their mindset and their, their, um, you know, whether or not they're willing to just accept who they are and be that authentically on stage and in life. And so how do I, how do I train that? How do I pull that out of a dancer? So that's what led me to getting my coaching certificate. And even after that, I was like, okay, I'm not quite there. You know, like I'm still sort of figuring out what, um, uh, I guess, what my practice is. Um, and so I, and so I got that. And then I, um, recently during the pandemic, um, got my Enneagram certification because I was introduced to the Enneagram during uh, my coach training and I was very drawn to it. And I was practicing as a coach and I was coaching all these dancers. And that's what dancers were really responding to is being able to identify their strengths and weaknesses through that. And so, um, that kind of leads me to where I am. Yeah. Right now, currently. And it's one-on-one coaching. Were you doing that like over Zoom, doing it through the pandemic as well? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's one-on-one. Boy, that must've brought it all up to the surface for people in a way that nothing probably would have made them have to be curious. Yeah, absolutely. I think it gave people the, like the space and the time to explore themselves. Like I got, I was like the busiest I had ever been in my coaching practice. It just blew up and, um, you know, yeah, the, the pandemic is, is a whole nother thing, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, I think it just, it made everything make sense for me. I'm like, oh, this is something that is so very needed. Um, not just because of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, but prior to the pandemic, I was traveling, I was teaching works, like teaching it in more of a workshop format, um, yeah. motivation and movement. And, um, uh, that's what I call it. Yeah. And, um, 
that really combines the the dancing as well. Um, because there's that piece where I was like doing the coaching and the talking, but I was like, but we also have to move about this. <laughs> we have to be um, in our bodies and connect yeah. all of it, the feelings. Yeah. So I'm just, I have these flash moments of like conversations with you when you just showed up in the lobby and I was there, I think finishing a massage and I liked yes. you instantly, but it was like, you're talking about your dance. Then you started talking about emotional stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're in my world. Because that's my journey after losing my husband was therapy. And then it, it was talk therapy was great. And I did a certificate program in abuse and trauma and they always talk about your body, but there was never a way to use it. They would talk about it. Yeah. So I was in a, a, we had three or like, we did it three years of therapists that were in school training to be therapists. We did a movement therapy where we were just making it up as we went, we went based on what they knew as containment and safety and I was coming from the myofascial thing of like what our body's yeah. doing. And we just, it was amazing, but I go, I like talk therapy, but the things that were coming out in movement in a safe container. Mm-hmm. So with then I was all into the Enneagram and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, you can like say it's cause you're first born or whatever, or you're a star sign. I'm like, no, this makes no more sense to me. So I've been doing a thing called embody, which is move, like some therapeutic movement story, which is more the trauma work I did. And I was putting the Enneagram in there, but I've only just done lots of like weekend training. So when you said you did, you did that, I'm like, oh, because we, we were talking about doing some together because I, so I take a yes. trip to Bermuda after they've done one session that. with me because that embodied Enneagram, like I've been trying to find like, is there a training for this? But I'm like, you know what? I don't have to take every training in the world. If Lauren totally. and I tag team and <laughs> totally. we bring these together in a way, mm. like, what could this do just for the dance community? Just, and I do it for non-dancers too, who never moved yeah. and for them to move yeah. is so scary and then totally. revealing. And it's, I just feel like, you know, you can teach forever, but there's this other element of like, we need to heal yes. and what holds people back. It's not, it's not just their dance career. It's like stepping out and doing things or why we're back in these patterns. So I was so in, intrigued. So I just have these Lauren moments. It's always in the hallway <laughs> or the lobby. Totally. It's like, we're just ships passing in the night. I know. I felt that too. I was like, I felt very, um, but I think during the pandemic and doing those virtual dance days, I felt very seen by you. I felt like, oh, this, this human gets me. I, I felt And I can't tell you that meant the world to me because it's hard, like moving from city to city and like constantly trying to prove yourself. It feels like, you know, I've constantly been trying to prove myself or like, this is who I am. And, you know, being careful not to like mold into something that I'm not, but like to stay true to myself. And I feel like the, those virtual dance days, just, that's it. It was me and the camera. Like I, like I was just myself. And so, yeah, to be seen and appreciated by you just like means the world to me. And yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. I can tell you're again. special. Oh, and that was, that was a pandemic that exposed us as teachers in a different way. Like, cause there's some few yeah. people that didn't work for, they would just teach past the camera. You would come mm-hmm. on and like, how are you guys? And like, we were hitting the pandemic, the George Floyd thing, oh. the, the insurrection. Like it seemed like here we are on another Saturday. What did we just go through? Let's take a <laughs> no. moment and go, what? And then like you, you gave space instead of just choreography, which I feel like the, all the teachers that did it long-term, we were starting to yeah. understand that a different way that like, for me, it was important to teach outside every time. Like let's listen to the birds yeah. and be outside. I was out in the rain because it wasn't about giving a good stretch class. It was like, how are we yeah. doing? And it's okay totally. if you're afraid, okay, afraid right now. It's okay if you're angry. It's okay if you're numb. 
We're just going to yeah. do what we can do. And I know that you brought that in such a beautiful way. And I love the mm. comments like on <laughs> Facebook live. It's like you would teach and people like, oh my gosh, I needed this so much. And you, Aww. I mean, just the beauty of how you set up your room. I know that matters, you know, like it was something yeah. of like, oh, we're in Lauren's house right now. And this is safe. Mm. We get to feel our feels. Even if we're just pissed at everything, we get to be pissed. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's not yeah. always allowance for that. It's like, come on, let's just be happy. Everything's Ugh. fine. It's like, no, it's really fucking hard right now. It is so hard. <laughs> yeah. sorry, I swore. Yeah. But it, it felt like you, you give space for that. And I know like we've had several tragedies. And so in class, instead of bypassing that you like, let's, let's be in what's happening now, instead of just pretend that we're just in dance class in normal time. So I just want to thank you as a studio owner for what you brought to the students, because for me, again, it's not just like having great classes. Like these are people we care about their well-being, and people like, you know what? It's because I was dancing that got me through this. It's because yeah. of safe community or that I was seen how yeah. much it matters, which in my twenties, I didn't get. And I know like you're younger than me. And if you're getting it now, mm-hmm. way earlier than before you came to us, like you already had that. It's like, oh, we have potential for so much more than just giving class. Or just yeah. performing on stage, like even I think it translates into performance. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And that's something I've always tried to bring to my class because it was like, there was no other way for me to teach because it's like, if I was in a feeling or I was like experiencing something in the world, I'm like, I have to dance about it. <laughs> like yeah. I have to be in this. And so that became my class, like dance, you know, like I'm sure anyone you'd talk to in Reno or Carson, you know, would say that that as well in the sense that like, uh, like I, ha- it was my way of expressing and experiencing my feelings and, um, and giving the space for people to do the same, because that's all I wanted when I went to classes, I wanted yeah. space to be wherever I was in that moment. Um, regardless of the choreography, you know? Yeah. But I feel like when you started out, you had to like earn, cause you were in, on a day opposite of a popular teacher in the room that wasn't as <laughs> totally. much, but it, I think it took people a while to discover you. And I think you subbed a few yeah. times and people would come out going, what? <laughs> and then, then when the word got out, like go to Lauren's class, I hear people say that like, okay, you, you're getting really Aww. good technique and you're getting the feels you get the flow, you get a long time on choreography. So you're not just like, okay, class is over. Yeah. I didn't get, they get to really dance in there so it, yeah. it takes a while and it's really hard because you're you're the new kid yeah and when you establish yourself as not trying to be like this teacher or this teacher when you are uniquely Lauren and people yeah. that are like I, my class is an eclectic we don't know if we're gonna have to other fans or comedy and only <laughs> the people that are used to that with me like let's just see what Sherry's gonna do today I'm gonna attract yeah. a different type of person and there's a lot of overlap with all of us but I think when you yeah. are teaching who you are, because when I started the studio, it was all LA people. It was all people that had moved yeah. back up. And I was like, am I supposed to be that? And I kind of was not sure where I fit, even as a studio owner. And then when I found yeah. my pace and then you watch teachers figure this out, like, don't, we don't need another one of these teachers. We don't need another one of these. We need you to bring something because all the dancers aren't the same. And everybody's going to find yeah. the thing that, that feeds their heart or challenges them in a way that maybe they yeah. wouldn't go for the challenge if, there yeah. wasn't something else in there. Like I will take trying to do a double attitude turn in Lauren's class because I still get to feel the feels. <laughs> totally. And I think that's part of my method too, is I'm like, I, technique is so important to me and, and the body work and um, the placement and things like that. And I think sometimes when you're able to tap into like your emotions and you're like, just 
feeling it, it goes better than if you're like pushing just so hard on that technique or so, but like combine, like again, back to the Enneagram, but like combining your three centers, the mind, the body and the heart. And, and that's where I live or I try to live. I try to bring that to every class um, so that we can ultimately get true presence. Oh my gosh. After this recording, we're going to talk about creating like maybe a series. I've done it like in a six week series, like two hours. And and it was amazing on zoom because I thought there's no way this is going to work. It's all about the connection Mm. on zoom. There was really beautiful things of people being in the safety of their home. Like people are using their bed and like, Oh, I'd never thought about that using their furniture or if they want to be off camera and just feel it without being seen, they could do that. We use the chat box. I went, this has opened up possibilities for people who normally couldn't get away or yes. they don't live in the same state. So I'm excited to see like, what could this be? Because I think the world is in a collective trauma response right now. Yes. Anxiety. And like, we may be in this a while. Like, how do we come out of this instead of go, well, that was weird. Like, no, like your car accident that stays in your body yeah. a long time until there's a way yeah. out. Yeah, oh, I could get super so nerdy. We might have to. I know, make- <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, I think I this might be because I said, oh, it's only gonna be an hour. I was like, damn it. As soon as you got on, I'm like, no, I want to talk to Lauren for four. So I'm going to <laughs> be too greedy it. with your time. No, but I, you're fine. This was going to just be for the patrons, but I really think I need to release this because I want Wesley people to hear Aww. this because I think we don't know like where people come from of why what they're doing is genuine to who they are. Not just because I trained, you know, I got a dance major in college or whatever. Like, what is your story that brings your heart to that floor? Yeah. Oh, this is, this is what feeds my soul, Lauren. This is (laughs) stuff that gets me so excited. So I thank you for doing this. And I'm so glad that you just wandered in to the lobby and I just happened to be (laughs) there in a time I'm normally like my schedule's so random. And I go, you walked out and I'm like, I love her. She's going to adopt <laughs> her or marry her or hire her. <laughs> I love you for saying that. I loved you too. The second I met you and I have to tell you one funny story, which is that we blindly picked our rental house. I mean, Sherry, we knew nothing about the Seattle area blindly picked our rental house. It was in Lake Forest park across from Westlake. And when oh, yeah. I drove up to, to move in and look at my rental, I was like, Oh my God, Westlake dance center. I've heard this name so many times from all of these dancers who I've done jobs with. Um, and I'm like, I think I should teach there. I think I should walk in there and see if I can teach. And then, yeah, it was, anyway, meant to and be. Then it was so meant it was to be. So meant to be. It's so meant. Is to that be. the house I did for the drive-by dance party or was that different? Cause no, you moved after that, that right? Yeah. Okay. We, we ended up, we ended up buying a house in the area because we loved Lake Forest Park so much. Um, but yeah, no, that was a different house. Yeah. Okay. So, and yeah. that was super sweet. You and your daughters came out and danced for us on camera and like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. Lauren's, Lauren's also a mother. I <sighs> am also a mom. I know. I know. And that's such an important part of my life too. So, yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. You're just, you're such a, a gift. So thanks for Aww. taking the time. And I'm excited to share this with people because I think, yeah, you know, we think we know people and go, Oh, I didn't know any of that of your story. So yeah, no, thank you, Sherry. You are a gift and Westlake is a gift and I am so grateful to be a part of it. So we will Truly. have a different, when we will have a different yes. knowing when we pass on Monday, like Lauren, I know, I know a little more. <laughs> totally. Okay. I know a little we're going to, we're going to set up a time and plan some, some things. Cause I think it could be really, really beautiful. All right. Okay. Thank you're, you. you're, you're a bluebell. I just deemed you a bluebell. There you go. Cause you're tall. You're five that. foot eight. You're now a bluebell. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I, 